This is Pastoring Out Loud, a podcast for Bethlehem Baptist Church's South Campus in Lakeville, Minnesota. Are you interested in learning more about our church? Go to Bethlehem.church forward slash south. Mm. Guys, I was gone mm. for the podcast last time. You started a series on, uh, did, you, did you do a random question? Started a series on Truth on Fire? We did do a random question. What was it? I can't remember. Either of you remember, Stacy? You were Dave? asking us about our trips. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and we heard all about Stacy's encounter in the desert with the. Oh yeah, watch out, Daniel! Cactus. The Beware. cactus. Yep. What was cactus. that cactus called? Chola. A chola. I, lo- I love cholas. I spent <laughs> too much time. Look that up on YouTube. I spent too much time that evening watching chola videos. <laughs> Crazy. Well, Look the up random cholas. question. The random question for this episode. Uh, we'll start with Daniel's Nick. back, guys. <laughs> Nick. When's the last time you bled? Um, I don't know. Doctor, uh, well, doctor's I, office, maybe. No, I had a, I, I had a hangnail. <laughs> oh, like last week, picked it off and it bled. Yeah, okay. <laughs> right. So. Great, Dave. When was the last time you bled? Uh, on on Monday. So today's Wednesday. I was trying to fix our dishwasher, and I. Grabbed it to pull it out and sliced my finger pretty good. Mm. Oh, so much blood just dripping. Really deep cut, Nick. Sorry, not going to work right now. <laughs> Nick is ready to bail on this podcast. Stacy, when's the last yeah. time you bled? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure I cut my finger recently or something. I, you don't keep The track. sight of blood is not my thing. Ain't your thing. No, I, I don't do it. So Great. Well, we're here well, how about you, Daniel? About, no, yeah, Daniel. Last time you you bled. don't need to know. Yes. It's fine. I bit my fingernail last night, and it bled a little bit. It's fine. Okay, well. No big deal. Nervous Kinda habit? small. Hmm? Bad uh, habit? Yeah, probably a bad habit. What's going on underneath that? There's, well, we do have the counselor here to help me <laughs> with uh, processing the deeper roots of this issue. We're here to talk about biblical theology, but have we talked about biblical theology in the past on this podcast? Uh, we've talked about covenants before. We have, and I think we've talked about an episode more explicitly about biblical theology. I could be wrong, though. Uh, I just remember the covenant. Why ones. are we talking about biblical theology, guys? So we last week we started a series where um, we're just talking about some of the subjects that we are covering in Truth on Fire. Um, so, yeah, what is going on? There's like a bird in the wall or something. We're right next to a window, Daniel. It's outside. Oh, oh it's outside. <laughs> oh, it sounds like it's coming it sounded from the like wall. the corner. There was a there was a whistling behind you, a kind of bird <laughs> chirp. It it was the wall said ears. Careful what you say. Sorry, you were saying about biblical theology. I'm just saying we're covering some of the topics in that we're covering in Truth on Fire. So it's last great. week we did principles of biblical interpretation. This week, biblical theology. Well then, take it away, Nick. Talk about biblical theology. You're, you're leading the podcast. Well, I mean, but I'm not in Truth on Fire, so I don't know how you're putting it together or pulling it apart or All right. whatever. Mm, go, go ahead, Nick. Great. I hand my my podcasting host All right, well, then I'll you. ask you. Maybe oh, Daniel. no. Daniel, how would you define <laughs> biblical... Backfired. How would you define biblical theology? Oh, the turntables <laughs> have turned. Uh-oh. Uh, biblical theology is theology that comes from the Bible. That okay. <laughs> <laughs> that portrays 
and uh, points out the development of themes, people, places throughout the scriptures Mm -hmm. in a progressive way. Yeah. As opposed to, not opposed to, but complementary to systematic theology, which is thinking about theology in broader categories or seeking to harmonize all of what scripture says about a particular theology. So a doctrine of salvation, Mm -hmm. a doctrine of angels, a doctrine of the Trinity, a doctrine of sin that harmonizes that and looks at all of scripture, puts those things together. Biblical theology is instead looking Genesis to Revelation about particular things. Sure. So that in, I'm going to take the host hat back. No, from no, no, you no, now. no, you can't. Uh, no, sorry. So in biblical theology, we, you, you kind of hit on this a little bit. Anyone can answer. It doesn't have to be just Daniel. I'll let you off the hook. Thank you, Nick. You're welcome. Um, but we talk about something called progressive revelation. So hold up, hold up. Progressive. Yeah. Didn't you used to work for a place called progressive Dave? I did. Now, when you say progressive okay. revelation, that sounds kind of dangerous. Well, all that progressiveness. Like, tell tell me, what is progressive revelation? I just asked that question. No, no, I want to know from you. Yeah, it does sound dangerous, Nick. Please answer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so good to have you back, Daniel. <laughs> all right. So, progressive revelation means that the Bible. Um, the storyline unfolds progressively, right? Not in a, a bad sense, but little by little, right? And so there's a story that's happening. And so from Genesis to Revelation, there is um, an unfolding of the storyline that gives more and more context, more details, more of the story. And what we believe about it is that Jesus Christ, his life, death, and resurrection is the, the pinnacle or the the point of all of it. And so as the Bible story unfolds, biblical theology is all about showing how it's all pointing to him, his works, um, and, you know, the future that we have in Christ. And so we, on this side of the cross, have more of those details of that revelation than they did back, say, in Genesis. And so biblical theology shows how all of these themes and all of these characters and all of these things that God supernaturally superintended into both history and into the scriptures are pointing towards Jesus in a progressive way. Anything to add to that? That was a really good answer. Mm-hmm. Glad you did that. And fulfilled in him. Mm-hmm. I, I like to think of um, Luke 24 mm. as being one of the verses good. that really always hits on this is um, when Jesus, they were on, he spoke to the people on the road to Emmaus and how he says that all the scriptures were pointing to him. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, just what you had said, it all points to him and culminates and is ultimately fulfilled in him. Yep. So we, sorry. Go, finish. So we can then, like you said, take that and look back and more fully understand what was going on in the Old Testament. Yeah, I was just going to say, it's not, you know, sometimes sometimes uh, the way it gets kind of cast is that we're just, you know, he, here's here's the story, jump to Jesus. And, and I would say what we think is that 
and you you reference this in your phrase sovereignly or supernaturally superintended. Mm-hmm. But we believe that we can actually see in the text of Scripture right. from the law to the prophets to the writings into the New Testament, we can actually see divine authorship making these cases, uh, connecting these threads, tying these things together in the text, mm-hmm. not just, hey, how does this remind you of Jesus? Right. Mm-hmm. But like, there, there's, there is a divine authorship that's tying all of history together so that the Bible is not just uh, a historical narrative, but it's also a historical interpretation. God's yep. telling you, here's what I was doing, here's what I meant, and here's where I'm taking all of history. And he recorded that for us to see, to further worship and understand and glorify Christ. So that everything going up, leading up to him, is actually, is actually seen that way, and everything after him is flowing out of that reality in the text. We think mm-hmm. we really see it there, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask another question, Daniel. Is that okay? You do, you Nick. Okay, great. So we've been we've been in this uh, Genesis sermon series. So maybe let's just think of a couple practical examples. Um, so far of how we've been seeing biblical theology in Genesis. Is there anything in the, you know, I think we're through chapter 9 so far. Um, How have we been seeing even in these first nine chapters biblical theology start to play out in Genesis? Anybody? Daniel, Stacy, have you been listening? I have been listening, Dave. And I'll pull up my manuscript for my sermon on Genesis 2. Uh, so you've been listening to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so this is one uh, way that I portrayed um, Edenic language. So the, the Garden of Eden and things surrounding that as being uh, a type of temple that is fulfilled in Christ or perhaps Eden as a prototype temple. So maybe we should and then talk about types. Talk, mm-hmm. What's types or what, what is typology? Yeah, it's uh, patterns in God's world that repeat. So it's uh, mm-hmm. intended patterns by God um, that uh, a place, mm-hmm. so a place in, in this case, Eden would be a type or mm-hmm. a prototype, the first instance of a pattern that then has other types that then has an antitype, mm-hmm. a last instance of the a thing pattern. that they were pointing to. Yep, mm-hmm. in the new heavens and new earth with Christ, or you'd say fulfilled in Christ, who is both the the people of God, mm-hmm. representatively the place of God. He is the very temple, and He is God Himself. Yep. So what I said there was, um, identic language is used throughout the Bible. Um, we want to see how these places, people, and events set up expectation and patterns throughout the Bible. So, like the tabernacle, mm-hmm. where you have things surrounding the tabernacle, the tent, that point towards Eden with pictures of a garden mm-hmm. um, and a cherubim, you know, placed on all sides, you know, facing outward to guard cherubim, cherubim. I always enjoy how you say that word. Me too. It's fine. I'm a reader, <laughs> not a talker. I'm I a leave, reader. I leave the talking I don't say it that Dave. way, but okay. Um, or in temple um, where you have the cherubim that Thank are you. over the... Um, you know, crafted, protecting the Holy of Holies and then the cherubim that are over the the ark um, and then trees and plants engraved all around the walls of the temple. There's the future temple in Ezekiel 40 and 48 that has many of the same pictures of cherubim and 
uh, trees and other things like that. And it has like water flowing out of it mm. to, to fill the earth and uh, water it, just like Eden did in Genesis 2, um, forming four rivers. Jesus says that he is the temple in John 2. And in John 4, it's water that flows from him. And then the church in John 7, his disciples are the ones that when they believe in Jesus, water flows out of them to give life. So temple language being used for the church. And of course, in the new heavens and new earth in Revelation 21 and 22, no more temple, but a tree of life and water flowing from the throne to, um, mm-hmm. to give life to the whole of creation. Yeah. That's, that's biblical theology. Yeah. So why, I mean, like, why is it important to point that out? Like, can't you just because read and say, oh, the garden is nice. Yeah, it, because it's intentional. Yeah. Yeah, it's intentional by God and by the biblical authors intending to show progressively mm-hmm. that um, we're not just, we are talking about literal things with that are steeped in symbolism that point further up and further in towards what it will be like. And then it helps us understand what it will be like in the new heavens and new earth. Mm-hmm. Like what it was like in the garden has, um, you know, is a pattern that points towards, it's not exactly the same, but mm-hmm. points towards some of the realities that are there. So to the temple, so to the tabernacle, so to the prophetic visions, they point past themselves to Jesus and then on to the new creation. Yeah. Totally. And for me, when I when you start to pick up on those types of things, when you're reading then the Bible storyline, it creates anticipation, right? Mm. It it creates this sense of, you know, grand drama that the Lord has intended to be there. And so you're like, oh, this is pointing to something, you know, what's coming, mm-hmm. you know, and you you see God's plan unfold and for, I mean, for me, that leads my heart to worship mm-hmm. because you're anticipating what's coming. And on this side of the cross, we know <laughs> what it is. It's Jesus and his plan. Uh, and so it really, when you start to pick up on these themes, changes the way that you see and read the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just going to share a little story. I mean, I didn't even know what biblical theology was until maybe five years ago when mm-hmm. I was in school. Yeah. And maybe I had heard about it before or, you know, some of these things were alluded to in sermons, but it wasn't explicitly explained to me. And once I started learning about it, it just blew me away to see the beauty, I think, in God's one grand story of redemption and how he built all those things into the story and um, yeah, it, it just, I don't know, it just changed how I re- read my Bible um, to see those things and um, understand them. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. So episode 10, 11, and 12 of this podcast, we had Chris Bruno on for one of those and we talked about the biblical covenants. Yeah. A lot of that is steeped in, um, you know, uh, what we're talking about in terms of biblical theology. And I think the covenants are important because they act as an organizing principle that's intended by God yep. to hang all of these various things on. So the the Adamic covenant, the covenant with Adam, that I think is actually there, even though it's not entirely explicit, or the um, other covenants that come later, all the way up to the new covenant, act as like, okay, we have to ask the question, where are we at in the biblical storyline and how did the people of God receive this for them as a way to understand how it's to be received for us? Mm-hmm. 
and it would be it'd be important to note. I mean, the way Nick described it, right, would place us in even a certain understanding of how we understand the biblical covenants and how we do biblical theology. So for Nick to say, we really see it as all culminating in Christ and then flowing out of Christ would put us kind of in a place that's been labeled a progressive covenantalism. Mm-hmm. That, that kind There's of that word, progressive. progressive. He already made it not scary, so we don't have to do that again. But, but, but what you're looking at is in those covenants that Daniel just talked about, where is their continuity and where is their discontinuity? And there are spectrums of how people read the Bible that some would see high, high continuity. It's, it's really all one covenant of grace, for example, would be a term. Or people see very, very strong discontinuity. Like there's really a covenant and a people in a way back here. And now there's a new covenant, new people in a new way up here. Um, and then there's all sorts of nuances in between there. And whereas we really do see it as a developing story with some continuity and some intentional points of discontinuity where really the promises and the people and the places, they get heightened and expanded to better things <laughs> is, is kind of the way that we see it. And so I just, and I'm, I guess I'm answering the question, why does it matter? Yeah. Because it actually does begin to uh, change how you view how the whole thing works and where the whole thing is headed. So I, th- I think I think that that's significant too. Seeing the beauty for sure, uh, seeing the intentionality, and then also seeing, I mean, where is this headed? What's what's God doing here? I think is a practical application. Mm-hmm. I think it has a lot of practical applications to our lives. Um, you know, in the counseling world, in secular therapy, there's things called narrative therapy where you learn to tell your story and, you know, help understand your story and process it. And I think as believers, having this understanding of where we fit into God's one grand story mm-hmm. really makes a huge impact on our, you know, how our little stories fit up into his one story. Yeah, mm, that's really sweet. So, and even even like in Genesis, to connect a few different things we've been saying, I really have made the case over and over again that like all of Genesis should be viewed through biblical theology. The phrase I keep using is this is really about God's people in God's place to enjoy God's presence. Mm-hmm. And I've said that intentionally over and over again so that I can keep connecting it to the new covenant and showing that it's really there in such a way that, I don't know what's going on, there's always looks that happen across the table. Daniel's just typing away over there. Oh, there's always, <laughs> there's always, uh, there's always those natural connections. Because I think that's what, so I would say that's what, to Stacy's point, that's what this whole thing is about. God pursuing his people, uh, giving them a place where they can enjoy his presence. Mm-hmm. And I think you could make the case that's what, so the whole Bible's about, that's like what God's doing from eternity past into eternity future. And so it, it does help us situate ourselves in in what what's happening. You know, mm-hmm. where where are we? And and it's a beautiful thing then to see God's pursuing me that I might enjoy him forever. <laughs> and that's what biblical theology yeah. does. Mm-hmm. It sounds like in a more yep. in a more full orbed way than if you didn't have biblical theology. It yep. sounds like you're pulling out a bit of gasoline and you're setting that truth on fire. Mm. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> You're the host, Nick. So it's time to wrap this up. I... Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs>
Ugh, crash landing. That's okay. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs>